I told you last week that harmful, harmful conflict is usually triggered by unmet needs. Oftentimes when you have conflict, you, you never thought, I don't know if you ever thought about it, it's because a need is not being met by someone or something, right? And that's the first thing. The first thing is to identify what need is not being met, amen, and then look at the expectation of the person or the expectation of the situation so you can find out what need, hallelujah to his holy name, that you need met. Oftentimes, uh, that person may not be able to meet that need, amen, and, and you can't get upset because they don't want to meet your need, amen, and oftentimes that's how conflict begins, saints, amen. And, and then I talk to you about people tend to escape, use the escape responses. Anybody remember what the first response was? Huh? Anybody remember what the first response was? Denial. First response was denial. Amen. Let me say this to you. If you deny that there's a problem, you'll always live in denial. Do I have a witness? Amen. So, some of us, amen, I, t I showed you in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel 2, 22 through 25 is what we dealt with. <clears throat> That's oftentimes we use a temporary response for a permanent problem. So that's the reason why in marriage and in relationships, we never heal. <laughs> because we don't spend the time Amen. Dealing with reality, so we deny that there's a problem. Come on, say amen. 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 Let, let me say this to you. If you keep denying that there's an issue, how many of you have been there before? Amen. You keep denying that there's an issue. You keep saying, no, not us. It's them. It's those people over there. Amen. They're the ones that got the problem. Come on, say amen, y'all. Amen. Not us, because, you know, we're in church. Come on, somebody. I, I know my Bible. And so oftentimes, saints, amen, we live in so much denial that uh, the, the needs go unmet and then uh, bitterness sets in, resentment sets in, hopelessness sets in. And as a result of that, amen, we find ourselves on that slippery slope from denial to flight. That's the next, that's the next response. The next response is what? Flight. Amen. Another way to, es to escape from conflict is to run away from it. Uh, this may take the form of pulling away from a relationship, quitting a job, filing for divorce, changing churches. Whenever you change a church, don't ever leave a church if you're mad at somebody. All right. Get it right and then get the flight. Amen. Get it right. Amen. Because it's probably you are the problem. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Come on, say amen. Amen. The moment you start that church, you become the problem until you change. Amen. We all are people. We all got problems. But we come to the master's house. Come on, somebody. Oh, I got a scripture for you this morning. We got, listen, we come to the master's house. Why do we come to the master's house? We come to the master's house so we can deal with the problem. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 19. 
I got to refresh your memory. I see what's happening. Amen. First Samuel chapter 19. My goodness. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm woke. Amen. All right. First Samuel 19 verse 9. And just to make sure that you woke, I want you to read verse 8 for me, somebody. <clears throat> from who? Remember, we dealt, I'm just, I'm just jogging your memory again. From the Lord, right? So God controls everything, huh? Even evil spirits. Amen. Go ahead. <clears throat> Why would a man with an evil spirit have a spear in his hand? Tell you, David, that's dangerous. Let me ask you a question. What do you have in your hands when that spirit is on you? Amen. That spirit of anger or that spirit of contention and strife and conflict. What do you have in your hand? Because oftentimes we use what we have to injure others. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because we're upset. But could it be that God is agitating you to transform you? Come on, somebody. Could it be that God done sent that spirit? Because you know, spirits show up in people. Oh, uh, yeah. I told you, I'm cranked up now. Uh, you know, I've been, I told you, I've been sitting at the feet of Jesus this week. Amen. And oftentimes, an angry man with an evil spirit with a spear in his hand tell you, David, that's dangerous. And you got to recognize when you become dangerous. Amen. Because of unmet needs. Do I have a witness? Now, you could say ouch, amen, or thank you if you don't agree. But I want to tell you something. You got to be careful what's in your hand. Come on. Come on, read on. Now, now notice. One has something to destroy. Yeah. And the other has one. To calm down. To soothe. So in relationships, there has to be a balance. Amen. And usually the one with the harp in their hand is usually the one that gets mistreated. I wish I had somebody. Tell your neighbor. You don't have to fight. God is going to fight for you. Notice, they both had two hands. Amen. What if we were to drop our spears and pick up some harps? Amen. Symbolically. Soothing. He had, Saul had this evil spirit, and the evil spirit was soothed by David's musical genius. Amen. His gift, his talent. Right? But, but the, the crazy thing about it is... Watch this. Keep reading. I mean, what happened? Some of us, we get like this. The very one that's trying to help us is the very one that we're trying to pin up on the wall. 
Come on and say amen, y'all. Man, conflict is deep, y'all. And that's why I'm talking about it. Because I want to be able, amen, as I grow, as I develop, amen, in life with my children, my wife, with my, with, with the members of our church, with everything I do, I want to be able to handle conflict in a healthy way so that we all as a church can be peacemakers. There's no reason to murmur about the situation. You got to deal with it. So whatever's on your heart, and if you don't deal with that situation, you're going to end up like Saul. That spirit is going to stir you up one day. And the real you will show up. Will the real you show up, please? Amen. Watch the text. Watch the text. Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he what? Tell you never he had some moves. <laughs> Amen. See, you know, you know what the, you know what I want to share with that right there. Even though a person may assault you, Amen, or, or use words to hurt you, you got to know how to slip away. You got to learn how to stop taking it to heart, especially if you know it's an evil spirit driving the person to hurt you. <laughs> Amen. W- listen, we we deal with spirits, y'all. D- d- did you not? Did you not know that? Amen. Amen. It's not that. The, oh, you got to add to. No, you got a bad spirit today. You woke up with a bad spirit. It's your spirit now. Now, do you know how? Do you know how to fix that spirit? Do you want to know how? The Word of God. When the Word, which is the seed, gets planted. In your spirit. Amen. And it starts taking root. People want to change, but they don't want to come around the word. I said something strategically. This week we sat at the feet of some great preachers and they were, they poured into us the seed of the word. Now all I'm doing is put a little water on it. Amen. Put a little water. It's your spirit that needs to change. Somebody said, I got a bad attitude. No, you don't have a, you have a bad spirit. And what you need as a believer, as a, as a child of God now, you need the word to be planted in you and then watered. And when the word takes root, but let me share something with you. The moment the word is planted, you have three problems. The world, I'm sorry, the devil, the world, and sin. You got three problems. Amen. And if you don't deal with those three problems, amen, the word will always be snatched from you so that it will not take root in you so that you can develop and grow as a believer. That's how you change, saints. Listening to me every week is good, but until it comes out in your living, it's just there. How much word do you have in you? Amen. The seed of the word has to go in you. The Bible calls it the seed. Now you are the ground. Amen. Now good ground, it takes root. All right. So, so he, he slipped away from the presence so that he, so that he what? Stuck the spare to the wall and David fled and escaped what? That night. Now, now you know what's crazy? 
David was the very one, I think I mentioned this last week, David was the very one that, that ended up saving the Israelites. Amen? When he went up against Goliath. And after he won, he didn't even recognize him. He asked him, he said, who, who is that guy? He said, that's David. How come he didn't recognize him when he was soothing his spirit? See, oftentimes, that's how we do God in the church. Oh, let me, let me see, let me see. When something is wrong, Ah, we want it to soothe us. And the moment it, our, we, our needs are met, come on, help me, y'all. We forget all about who it was that helped us. This, this is how it is. And I just pray that we won't be that kind of people. Amen. The next, the next thing is, we talk about denial. Uh, tell you never, you can't postpone a proper solution to a problem. A proper solution to the problem. The next, the next, the next escape response is suicide. Yeah. Go to 1 Samuel 31. When people lose all hope of resolving conflict, they may seem to, they may seek to escape the situation. Or make a desperate cry for help by attempting to take their own lives. lives. Amen. Watch this. 1 Samuel 31. That sounds extreme, but it's not. Most people that give up on life and take their lives is because they've lost hope over a situation. Over a lost marriage, over a, a lost business, over a lost child, over, you know, things are not going the way you want to go. But if you don't deal with these, family has abandoned me. Things has just, I'm, what's the reason to live anymore? See, First Samuel chapter 31, verse 4. Let's start at verse 1. Somebody read for me. Was well, yeah, verse three. The battle went heavily against Saul, right? Uh huh. To his armor bearer. Know what the armor bearer is? Huh? Kind of. Yeah, that was his bodyguard, right? He would he would make sure he would protect him, right? All right. And his armor bearer, armor bearer did a lot of things. There's a whole concept on armor bearing, but go ahead. Okay, go ahead. See that? 
First of all, he's like, first of all, I'm hit. I'm wounded. So now what? There's no reason to live anymore. See, the thing you got to understand about Saul is this. Here's, here's the reason why people lose hope to this point. See, if you're in a battle and you even get wounded, right? There, there's a possibility that if you, you can get out of that and you can live again. But you're going to live with the scars, but you can live again. Right? Many of us have been through battles in life. Correct? And, and, and you've had, you got some scars to show for it, right? Watch this about Saul. Saul had no hope. You know why he did not have any hope? Because he had lost the spirit of God upon him. The Bible said that the spirit of God had departed from him. You with me? And when the spirit of God departs from you, there is no hope. And oftentimes, saints, I want to tell you something. Sometimes the struggle of life Amen. And our distancing from God and our distancing from being filled and led by the Holy Spirit. Can, the only way you can ever, and I know some believers, how many of you feel like this sometimes? I don't mean taking your life, I'm talking about hopeless. And you should not feel that way because let me say this to you, if you only knew what you had in you. Listen, taking your life is a temporary fix to a spiritual problem. It is a permanent issue. Hey, <laughs> because you ain't coming back. I wish I had somebody. Amen. But here's the thing. Why is life so hard that you can't handle the issues of life? But if you have the spirit of God, come on somebody. And if you have the word of God and then you tell me you have no hope, I'm going to ask you, which Bible are you reading? I just want to know which Bible you're reading. Let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about hopelessness for a minute. All right, let me hear from you. Anybody here struggling with hopelessness at times? You feel hopeless in your situation. What do you do? Come on. Huh? Pray. What if prayer don't work? Check your motives. Amen. If you're like, I'm praying, but nothing is happening, check your motive. Because you can't pray without faith. The praying going to get through, y'all. Amen. There's always hope in God because of who you are. There's no temptation that has taken over you, which is common to man. But God, with the temptation, will give you a way of escape. Are you with me? Somebody go to uh, Psalm 1 for me. And start reading that for me. Let me show you something.
is, 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 is the light is in what? What's the law? The word of God. And in his law, what does he do? Let, let me ask this question, kingdom people. How often do you spend meditating? See, we spend a lot of time meditating on things of the world. We meditate on empire and Netflix and, you know, all the stories and all kinds of, we meditate on a lot of things in the world, but how much time do we spend meditating on the word? See, the word can help you if you have conflict in your, in your, in your life, in your relationships. Now, now when I say suicide, I'm talking about, watch this, you kill the marriage. By killing yourself. You destroy relationships with your, with your kids. You destroy relationships with your family. You destroy relationships, period. Because you may, you may commit suicide spiritually. And then all of a sudden, you are literally disconnected from, the, from, from God, his kingdom, his work, his word. Come on. And, and, and then you find yourself living a very dissatisfied life trying to fill the void with alcohol, drugs, sex, more entertainment, more entertainment, more perversion, more etc., etc., etc. And they're only temporary. Remember that last vacation you went on? It's over, ain't it? You had to come back, didn't you? <laughs> Oh, it was so good. Oh, man, I wish I could relive. I wish I could relive it right. I wish I was there now. See, but you have to come back and deal with what? Come on and help, some, help me somebody. So you can't use the, the vacation to escape reality. You use the, relation, the, the vacation to rest from it from reality. But you're getting back to reality when you get back. But... I think you should use that time to search yourself. The believer, you, you and I, we should search ourselves. Go to Acts chapter 16 for me. Let me, Lord have mercy. I, 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 yeah, we're going to stop right there. Meditate right. Acts 16 for me. Now let me show you something. Acts 16 and... Uh, Let's, let's go, let's go to uh, verse 22 and somebody read. Now, now Paul and Paul and Silas were thrown in jail because they, they, (laughs) Paul got mad at this girl and rebuked the spirit, the spirit that was in her and she got saved, but he took the ability for her to do witchcraft and see into the future. All right. That's so Raven. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he took that ability by, by the power of God, amen, to stop her from making money for her master. Master got mad, big uprise going on, right? And now they got locked up for it. Read the text. Somebody. Now watch this. 
These are servants of God. See, I'll miss the misnomer about being a Christian. They were persecuted, whipped, beaten. They didn't beat them like, you know, I'm talking about they beat them. They beat them with rods, y'all. Okay? Now, the rod was made out of bamboo. Okay? It was very, it was cured and it was very hard. All right? And, and that's how they would punish at that time. So, so here's the thing. You're saying, man, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I, I'm living for God. I'm going to church. Why, why am I being beaten? Why am I being persecuted? Hello, somebody. But watch this. Not only did they beat them, but threw them in jail. Can, 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 let, me, let me just say something real quick. Christianity is not what we really think it is, y'all. And, 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 and let me say this about, about folk. Folk think in Americans, in America, Western, that Christianity should just be, we should, God should just give me everything I ask for. I shouldn't have no problems. Why, 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 why should I be thrown in jail for something I didn't do? Why should it be so hard, Pastor? You don't understand. I'm a good person. I do everything by the book. I'm wondering what's up. I read Job chapter 26 today. I'm going through the whole Bible again, right? Job started to reflect back. Job said, my life was like a well-buttered path. I'm like, butter? Buttered path? Smooth. He said, that's the life I had before. But now I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with, with scabs on my skin and, and, and I'm going bald and I'm sitting in the ashes of life now. And I'm trying to figure out, what did I do, God? And oftentimes, saints, that's what we're trying to figure out. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I know I'm talking to somebody up in here. Okay, and and guess what? We got all kinds of questions of the whys. Why does it have to be this way? Why has it got to be so hard? Let me tell you something about life. Amen. You learn from the hard times. But here's what you really learn about the hard times of life. You learn how real God is. I wish I had somebody. I'm still trying to get there. You know, I'm still trying to get there where I can handle things without tripping out. Understanding that I have a track record with God. That God has shown me time and time again. Though they slay you, yet will I trust them. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy is good. Listen, I come to church with my face hung down. Listen, we came to worship this morning. I'm talking about God woke us up. Listen, his mercies are new every morning. H.B. Charles said, in the morning, God says, Come here. (laughs) 
Amen. He said, come here. Amen. Let me, let me kiss you. That's what mercies mean. God's mercy means that every morning what he gave you yesterday is new today. You're not living on old mercy. You're living on new mercy. Y'all ain't trying to hear me today. <clears throat> How the phrase go? He said what? Every morning he said, come here. Come here. Come here. Every morning he said, come here. A, a, a wife wakes up in the morning. Right? And, and she and she said, and, and her husband said, baby, I love you today. It didn't mean that he started loving her that day. He said, today, I love you like I loved you yesterday. And the day before, and the day before that. And it's the same thing with God. God's mercies are new every morning. So while I'm going through in my mess, watch this. I got to understand that God still loves me. And that gives me hope. Read on, read on, read on. My time's almost up. Shoot, they put them in solitary confinement. Shoot. Now, let me explain this to you, okay? If a jailer was to lose a prisoner, it would be a life for a life. Not just his life, but his family's life. All right, so when listen, that's why it says, verse 24, and having received such a command, he threw them into the inner pr- prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. So not only did he put them in there in solitary confinement, but he chained them up. They're in chains. What do you do when you're in chains? Well, let's see. Read. Tell your neighbor it's in the Bible. Read it for me. Tell your neighbor at midnight. Hey, the transition from one part of the day to a new day. Tell your neighbor at midnight. Read it for me. Say what? What were they doing? But you lost hope. And you're trying to take your life. But Paul and Silas, at, see, when you get into the midnight of life, don't take your life. Pray. And what? Praise. That's what you got to do. There's a praise on the inside. Hey. Come on, somebody. Y'all ain't trying to hear me this morning. Listen, listen, listen. He says about what? Midnight. What were they doing? Were they crying and complaining and cussing and fighting and saying, I'm finna, I'm finna take this bottle of pills and I'm finna end it all. Oh, not, not, not at midnight. But see, watch this now. Now, if anybody had any right to take their lives, they did. They were beaten. Come on, y'all. Put in prison. And in chains. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I got somebody living like that right now. You've been beaten. Oh, mistreated. Talked about, lied on, watch this. And not only that, but you're in prison to your thoughts. 
and chained up to hopelessness. But I want to encourage you. Open your mouth and say, Father, here I am. I wonder what their prayer was. I don't believe their prayer, watch this, the content of their prayer was, God, get us out of this. No, it was our Father, which art in heaven. <laughs> Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us and lead us not into temptation, but what? Deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then they said, oh, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to let it out. I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. They started to say, oh, amazing grace. How sweet. The, come on, somebody. That saved a wretch like me. They wasn't complaining. They wasn't crying. I'm trying to help somebody with hope today. That you got to pray. You got to praise. And what happened? What happened? And suddenly... But not only that, the Bible says, and the prisoners were listening. Don't think your neighbor don't know you're going through. <clears throat> but let me say this, your chains and your beatings and your hopelessness wasn't for you. It was for those around you. And God needed you to get to a place where there were other hopeless people. Come on, somebody. And rather than you caving in, you started praying. You started praising. Watch the text. Read the text for me. The text says what? And they were what? They were what? They were what? Listening. You see that? Is that right? They were what? Listening. And suddenly, tell your neighbor, suddenly. You don't know suddenly God can change your situation this morning. You don't know suddenly God can show up. In that marriage this morning. You don't know suddenly God can show up in your circumstance this morning. He says what? Suddenly. Look what he says. Suddenly what? There came a great what? Hey. So the what? Foundation of the prison house. Hey. Hey. Tell your neighbor you need a foundation shift. You need a foundation shaken so you can stop walking around hopelessly knowing that God can break up that mess. Do I have a witness here? The Bible says not only was the house was shaken, but immediately all the doors. Were, see, I told you, he didn't do it for you. He did it for everybody else around you. See, we need to stop complaining. And we need to have some hope because somebody else is watching your walk. And here's what I'm saying. They're watching you and they want to know, is your God real? The text says <laughs> the prison doors were open and he drew his. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It says and all the doors were open and everyone's chain was what? Hey, and 
when the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, what did he do? Hey, he drew his sword. And was about to what? See, he didn't understand the supernatural. But how many people, how many, how many of you have here this morning understand the power of God? How many have had the foundation shaken in your life? Come on, I'm, don't fool me now. Don't fool me now. Don't fool me now. Come on now. You've had the foundation shaken. You've had prison doors open. You've had chains broken. Watch the text. The text says he wanted to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Verse 28. Now, y'all know like I know. If them doors were open, I wouldn't even wait around to ask no question. I'll be gone. The text says, but. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. Now, I don't know what kind of prisoner he was, but he was a good. He was a good. Because I'm telling you like this, from the time my chains got broken. Pete, you see the back of my head. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. But watch what he said. He says, we are here. Don't kill yourself, man. Paul cried out in a loud voice, don't harm yourself, but we're all here. Verse 29, and he called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, sirs, you know, you know what? See, you're thinking that it's about you. God is trying to save somebody around you. But you tripping. You ready to give up. You hopeless. Your situation is so bad, so terrible. But God said, I want to use you so somebody can ask this question. What must I do? See, here's the thing. Can I ask you something? Have you seen anything in this church? Or anyone in this church that will make you say, what must I do to be saved? Now watch this. The reason I want to ask that question is because I remember when you came here. And a lot of us are silent about our testimony. Some of us are even embarrassed about it. I don't mind telling people I lost my mind. Lady sitting at, at, at dinner the other night said, you? I said, yeah, me. What about you? See, your hopelessness right now is not for you to end it. Your hopelessness is to help somebody else so that they can have hope. In the same God that you say you serve. The Bible goes on to say this. I know my time's up. They said believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your what? This man's household. This man here. Watch this. Ah, this is deep. This man's house was so jacked up. 
that he knew he needed something more than just being a jailer Mm -hmm. and a well-paid one at that. He knew that the money wasn't making him happy. Oh, come on, help me somebody. The bigger house wasn't making them happy. All the compensation they had wasn't making them. He knew there was something missing because he asked a question. Mm 